Hey everyone, uh, Happy New Year's, um, Christmas, whatever, I think I missed a, I might have missed a whole week, probably even more than a week now, um, just wasn't enough to talk about, <laughs> I started watching movies just so I could have things to talk about, uh, because basketball-wise, there's just, there's just not a lot, like, too many, too many players are missing games, um, and too many games, like, too much changes game to game, like, a team in a, in one week, a team could go like zero and three, but then also go three and zero. Like, just too much happens. But just speaking on like New Year's and holiday time, it it didn't really feel like that. Like Christmas, it didn't feel like anything. You know, I'm I'm not a big holidays person in general. Uh, something about them just don't just it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, maybe maybe it's because I'm broke, so I don't like I don't have any things to do. Like, any fancy things to do. Like, the most I can really do is just hang with my friends and, like, you know, we can drink or watch a movie or whatever. So, maybe it's that. Maybe if I was richer and I was actually, like, doing shit, maybe it would be better then. I don't know. Um, also, we didn't do a lot of holidays growing up. Like, we never did Christmas or anything like that. Um, I'm not a big Christmas... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christmas time fan, but I'm not a big holidays person at all. And this year, particularly, it didn't feel like holidays at all it feels like we're still waiting on them but christmas was like a week ago new year's just passed now and uh for new year's all i'm gonna say is i don't think i'm ever gonna attempt to go downtown for new year's that shit was the worst thing ever i almost had to pay like 20 dollars for parking because i made a wrong turn and then everyone else made that wrong turn too and we were all just stuck in like this crowded little um neighborhood street you know people had to like reverse it took forever uh except there was like a parking lot nearby but you had to pay like 20 dollars to get in but i told the guy like yo i made a wrong turn you know like, just let me out real quick and i guess he was nice enough to do that so that's that's nice um but yeah going downtown i don't think i'm ever gonna do that again or i would have to go like two three hours beforehand because i did try going last minute um the fireworks were nice I was by the water, so you could see, like, the CN Tower and, like, all the buildings and stuff. So it was nice. It was whatever. But actually, I don't want to say it was whatever. It was, it was really nice for that moment. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to go downtown again. I think it would have been better if I was just, like, on top of, a, like, a high building or whatever. Uh, but for Christmas, I, I, we don't celebrate Christmas, but... I like Christmas time because, like, the city and everyone, like, they decorate their houses, they decorate the trees outside, everything. And it looks nice. I like the lights. And in Toronto, like, it snows, so the light hits the snow. It just looks very nice, especially at nighttime. But this year, it didn't snow at all. Like, we didn't get anything. You know, global warming is really fucking everything up. Although, I fuck with global warming a little bit, like, low-key. Because driving in the snow and ice is probably the worst thing ever like it's so bad that i've actually thought of just moving out of toronto simply because of that just because of those three months that you gotta drive in the snow they are so hectic that i was like ah, let me see what vancouver is looking like you know let me see what the prices over there are um but with global warming it's like hey you know if it's gonna be like this where it only snows heavy maybe 
a couple times a winter. Yeah, I could probably handle that. I could probably handle that. Um, yeah, my kids are going to be fucked up. My grandkids are going to be fucked up. But I'm going to be good. So that's all that really matters right now. All right. So the first thing I want to I do a couple. Uh, not a couple. Like just two. I think a couple is two things. Like I always think of a couple as like multiple things. Like three, four, five things. But a couple I think is two or more things I guess. So I'm going to do a couple of things. I want to talk about a couple of things. The first thing I want to talk about is impressive rookies like we all know about Cade like Cade's come up like his overall numbers don't look that great shooting like 38% from the field and like 31% from three but he started off really slow and he's come along since then if you look at his last 10 games he's averaging 19 uh six and six a steal and a half a game a block a game shooting 45% from the field 44% from three 83% at the line so he's come along since then and then you look at, like, we all know about him. We know about Jalen Green, who hasn't been that impressive. But you can see all the flashes there. Like, athlete-wise, he's just on another level. I was shocked to see he's only 6'4". I thought he was, like, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six or something. But he's listed as 6'4". He does look a little bit taller than that, so I'm not... Maybe that's without shoes, so he might be 6'5", I guess. Uh, but, you know, he's starting to shoot it a little bit better since he's come back. Uh, we know about we know about those two. We know about you know what a monster Evan Mobley is, and he should, like Evan Mobley, one hundred percent should make an all defensive team. I don't know about first team. I feel like Giannis and uh, Draymond have that lock, but he should definitely be second team. Him and uh, Mikel, they should be second team forwards. Um, so yeah, we know about you know K, Jalen, Evan. You know Scotty's been excellent too. Uh, Giddy has gotten some attention, but I, and Kaminga obviously playing with, for the Warriors. You know he's starting to get some play now because of injuries and whatnot. But I want to talk about Wagner, Wagner, Wagner. I want to. I think he's Wagner because I'm pretty sure he's German, right? Like, yeah, he's German. I think that's how they. I think that's how they pronounce it. Um, so when Wagner when he was coming out, when Wagner was coming out. France. I'm just gonna say France. Actually, the way people described described him, I thought he would be like a a Sabonis type, where it's pick and rolls. He just makes the correct decision every time. He's got a little bit of like a post game, but he's a ball handler, like a legit ball handler. He reminds me a lot of Utah Gordon Hayward. Like that's what his play style looks like to me. He's also a very good defender already not very good but like you can see he understands where to be he moves his feet pretty well and he's just he's just very good like i've been so i've been very impressed by him uh you know if you look at let's say let me just go through this so he had an 0 for 9 game on november 24th no november 22nd since then his last 18 games now He's averaging 19 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He's shooting 47% from the field, 38% from 3, 86% at the line. And he's actually getting to the line. So, you know, I've been very impressed with him. They got one there. He's only 20 years old. They have Cole Anthony, who's good. Cole Anthony's cold, cooled down a lot, but he's, he's very good. Uh, Wendell has shown a lot of promise. Uh, Mo Bamba, up and down. Uh, Gary Harris has looked pretty good for them. He's old. He's older, but like you could definitely get something for Gary Harris because he 
you know, he's shown to make an open three again. Um, who else? Who else is young? Like I like I like Okiki, even though he hasn't shot it well. RJ Hampton is pretty solid. Um, Jalen Suggs, um, you know, he got injured, so like, you know, he he could have been one of those. He could have been like a Cade, and you know, these other players where they started out slow, but then you know they get better and better. And defensively, Suggs did look really good. Even like passing the ball, he looked pretty solid. The funniest thing about Jalen Suggs was. Skip was trying to make LeBron look bad. So when LeBron had like that monster game against the Magic, Skip was like, oh, you know, the Magic didn't have their best player, Jalen Suggs. And everyone was like, what? Jalen Suggs is the Magic's best player? What are you even talking about? Like, what What are you even saying right now? So, like, that was very funny to me because Skip is like, Skip is like just pulling things out of his ass to discredit LeBron at this point. And, like, at some point, you do have to respect it a little bit where if you're hating on someone for like 20 straight years, and you don't even know them personally, like, that's some real shit, like, that's some dedication type shit, like, that's the, that's the type of dedication I wish had, I wish I had for literally anything. Speaking about LeBron just for a second, before getting back to the rookies, he's been fucking amazing this year, he's been so good, you know, he had 43 points in 29 minutes tonight, that's so fucking insane, he's on, like, a crazy fucking streak right now, I think over, let me just look, let me just make sure, like, how many games it's been because it's it's like ridiculous what he's doing right now. Since his ejection, when he got um, ejected, uh, ejected and suspended against um, the Pistons and then <coughs> suspended for the Knicks game, he's averaging 31 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 54%, 38% from 3, 78% from the line. Like he's been... He's been Best player in the league, good. Like, that's how good he's been. Uh, his current streak is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games of 30 or more points. Tonight he had 43. You know, he's averaging 35, 10, and 6, um, 57%, 40%, 82%. Like, the, he's, I don't even know how to describe it right now. He's on another level. He's, he's, a, he's definitely, I think, right there for best player in the league. I think he has to be with the way he's playing. Anyways, Franz is really good. I think he's got like a 12, maybe even more than 12-year career in him. Probably more because I think he's only 20 or 21. So, yeah, he could definitely play to like 34, 35. Uh, but I would say like a a 10, 11-year period where he's going to be in contention for All-Star games yearly. Like those last spots, I don't know, like his... He's not a tremendous athlete, so I'm not sure like the what the ceiling ceiling is for him. Um, but he he's gonna be really good for a long time, hopefully, hopefully. Um, other rookies, so like I talked about Jalen Green, everyone knows about Shangun on the Rockets too. But I've been really impressed with Josh Christopher. You know, he's finally starting to get minutes there. He's a six five, pretty, not that strong, but like he's got like, room to grow. Like, you could definitely see him getting, like, bigger. And since he started getting minutes, so last uh, 12 games now, he's getting 24 minutes a game. He's shooting 53% from the field, 38% from three, 79% from the line, averaging 10 points. Like, he's been, he's been really solid. Like, I think it's interesting, though, because he's so young, so you want to put investment in him. But you drafted Jalen Green number two overall 
you want to put your investment in him. So it's just it's it's difficult. Like, how do you how do you develop Josh Christopher while also getting Jalen Green minutes? Because Josh Christopher could turn into a all star or starter or whatever. Like he could turn into whatever. You never know. So it's interesting how they're going to manage that. But I think he's been really good. They definitely he's definitely going to be in the league for a long time. I think he's really good. All right, next, uh, Quentin Grimes on the Knicks. I think he's been really solid. Um, Spot-up shooter. He just, his release is so quick. Like, he gets the ball, and it's it's already shot within, like, 0.5 seconds. It's already gone. It's a, it's a good release. I like the way it looks. And players like him, you know, quickly, Alec Burke, they really make that Evan Fournier contract look just horrendous because he's been so bad. You know, I when I talked about the Knicks in my preview, I talked about, like, defensively, they were really good last year, but their offense wasn't that good, especially in the playoffs. So they added Kemba, they added Fournier, you know, to juice up their offense, but that was going to cost them on defense. But he's not even doing anything on offense. Like, he's been a vastly overrated offensive player for, like, a couple of years now, Because, but when he was with the Magic, no one really paid attention to see that those... If they if they paid attention, you would notice that those numbers actually meant absolutely nothing. He just had the ball all the time. But those numbers never translated to anything really positive. And, you know, with Boston, we saw it last year. And now we're seeing it with the Knicks. Those numbers really don't mean much. He's really... His best role really just is... I don't want to say six-man because I do think he's a starting caliber player. But his best role is just spot-up shooter, occasional driving kick. Like he is not he should he probably should not be a real ball handler and he should not be getting paid the money that he is. He should be like in that twelve to fourteen million a year range. If this year they were just playing quickly, Grimes, Burks, all those minutes that Fournier is getting, I'm not sure they're better, but I'm not sure they're worse either. Like I feel like you didn't have to spend that money on him. You could have just stayed like defensive oriented and gotten someone, you know, that fits you on that end. Uh, by the way, Kemba's been pretty good. Like, you know, he came out of nowhere. I guess his knees must have been feeling better because he was playing like, he wasn't like, he, he wasn't playing awful because he could still shoot. And like, that's one of the things that'll keep you like in games or whatever, but he just couldn't get to the rim at all. He had like no burst. Teams were just picking on him on defense over and over and over again. But he's looked like he's had some, like the time off. Helped him, and his knees are probably feeling a little bit better. Although, he is starting to dip again. So, like, maybe he can only be that good Kemba for, like, a week. Maybe a week and a half. And after that, it just goes to shit again. But, you know, I think Kemba... It was strange that they took him entirely out of the rotation instead of just being like, hey, we're going to start Burks or... They probably should have started Derrick Rose. But Derrick Rose might have been injured. I don't know. But they probably should have just started... Rose if he wasn't injured and had Kemba off the bench getting like 18 minutes a game or whatever. Like to have him completely out of the rotation, I thought was a little much. But back to Grimes, I think he, I think he's definitely earned some more minutes. And if I were the Knicks, I would, I would just do whatever I can to get off of um, Evan Forney. I think he's just been horrendous. Not horrendous, I guess, because like, it's not, he, he's been somewhat productive still. He has been productive, but he just hasn't been what you would have hoped for. 
because he's, he's not shooting it particularly well. Um, he's not playmaking. Like, and he, defensively, he's just really bad. So I would just do whatever I can to get off of him. Uh, maybe attach like a second rounder if I have to and just give those minutes to quickly Grimes. Uh McBride, I don't think he's been that good, but he like he could be something. So maybe just like give those minutes to other players that you could that could become something later on. Like quickly could become something for you later on. You know, Grimes could become something for you later on. McBride could be something for you later on. Evan Fournier is not doing anything for you all right after him i would say bones highland has been really good not really good but he's been solid and i think the more i watch the nuggets i think for this year with you know porter out with not yeah with porter out with murray out i think will barton you need him but i think going forward will barton i I don't like will barton on this on the nuggets team when you know murray is back if Porter ever gets back, even if Porter doesn't come back and he's just done, I'm not sure I like Will Barton on this team because he tries doing way too much. Like he he really thinks he might be a star, and I don't like I don't mind players that are overconfident, but I don't like players that are stupidly overconfident, and that's what I think Will Barton is at times where he thinks he's the star, where he thinks. Because he's a perimeter player, he has to be the answer. And I just don't like that. I don't like players like that. Um, but not that I don't like him. I think he's, I think he's a good player. I just, don't, I just don't like him on this team when everyone is healthy. Like, right now, they need the scoring. So, like, it makes sense. But when everyone is back, I'm not sure I like him on that team. But I think Bones can be that guy. Because Bones, a, Bones is a range shooter. So, he's spreading the floor out a lot for Jokic and Murray. Uh, he's not shooting it particularly well, but he's just on a cold streak right now. But, like, if you look at his form, if you look at his free throw numbers, and you look at where he shoots from and how hot he can get, you know he's a capable range shooter. So I'm I'm a fan of his. He he rarely turns the ball over when he gets it. He makes quick passes. Uh, the, preg- the progression for him has to be next year try being, like, a seventh, sixth man for this team, and then eventually becoming a starter because he he does have to fill out a lot more. Because if you're gonna do a Murray Bones backcourt, he he needs to get a little bit better. Not better, uh, yeah, obviously he has to get better too. But he needs to get bigger because a Murray Bones backcourt is very small right now. Even though Murray has filled out himself too, but like Bones definitely has to fill out so they can, you know, switch pick and rolls and stuff like that. Um. So I'm a fan of his. I think he's got a long uh, career ahead of him too. The last guy, I think, aside from Mobley, he's the most impressive rookie given where he got drafted and just how well he's played. And that's Herb Jones. Herb Jones is what I thought Najee Harris might be for this team. But for some reason, Najee hasn't played a lot or at all this year. Like, he's yeah, he's only played... Uh, 209 minutes so far, and he hasn't played all the games. Maybe that might be COVID. I don't know. But that's that's who I thought Najee Harris might be. I, that's what I thought Najee Harris could be for this team, where it's that perimeter defender. That's what this team needed, because Ingram, for some reason, isn't defending. Zion isn't... Like, Ingram's, Ingram can be a good defender. He's shown it before. But he hasn't, he hasn't been in that for a while now. 
and they needed that perimeter defender. And Herb Jones, you know, six eight can defend, you know, one, two, three, some fours, not a lot, not like Giannis or something like that. But actually, you know what? Like, I would put him on Giannis, like one on one, I would. But he, you know, physically, he probably wouldn't be able to match up with him. But he's he's just killing it. He's gonna be playing the three or the four. Not probably. Not the four, because Zion's the four. He's, he's going to be playing the three next to those two guys. And he's a connector. You know, he's been really good on defense per 36. One and a half steal per game. 1.2 blocks per game. He just plays his role. The only thing I wish is... I I think he, he needs to start taking more threes. Because he can make free throws. He's at 80% at the line. And when he's been left open for some threes, he's made them. And if he could start making, like, 35% of his threes, taking, like, 4 or 5 a game, now he's becoming, like, an elite 3 and D guy. And he can get paid a ton of money like that. A ton of money. I think he's going to be really good for the Pelicans. And the, Pel- the Pelicans have been rolling. Like, if you look at their numbers when Brandon Ingram plays, they're, like, a 500-ish team. Probably, like, a game or two below 500. When Ingram plays, so like, they've been solid. Like, that Valanciunas move was a huge win for them. Um, I still think they should have kept... You know, Lonzo. Um, like, really, they should have kept Drew Holiday, too. But that's another discussion. But they definitely should have kept Lonzo. Even though, what's his name? Uh, Devontae Graham has been solid. Like, De- Devontae Graham's just been doing what he always does. A little turnover. Barely get to the rim. Um, you know, shoot a lot of threes. So, like, that's just that's what he does. And that's what he's, like, always going to do, I guess. Um, but, yeah, Herb Jones has been really good for them. And I'm excited to see what he looks like next to Ingram and Zion. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been a huge fan of him. Those are the rookies that I've found impressive. Like the like the more low lower, I don't want to say lower tier, like the less recognizable rookies. I would say. All right, next uh, I have some trades for you guys, and if you guys have trades that you guys find interesting and you want me to talk about them. Uh, let me know. I'm going to put my email in the description box. So, the okay, so I'm not doing a trade trades for, like, the entire, all the teams. I've, I only picked a couple teams that actually had pieces to trade. So I thought, hey, you know, let's try, let's try, let's try those teams first. And then I'll, I'll try other teams later on as well. So the first team was very easy. Let's go with the 76ers. Uh, the first trade I had, Simmons set a first for Bradley Beal. So the way I looked at these trades were if I were the other team, would I accept this or not? So let's look at firstly from the 76ers side. You get Seth Curry. Now you have Tyrese Maxey 17-18 points a game. Bradley Beal 25 points a game. Tobias Harris 18-20 to points a game. Uh, The four you just have to figure it out. I don't know what. Or you could just start like Matisse or Danny Green at the three, and then Tobias at the four, and Embiid. So you're turning someone that's giving you zero points, and I guess Seth Green, Seth, not Green, Seth uh, Curry, who's been really good for you. But you have to give him up. You have to, like, do something. Um, for Bradley Beal, you're turning, you're getting a 25-point-per-game guy, a guy who hasn't shot it well, like, the last two years from three, but he shot it well from mid-range. He can still get to the line a little bit. I uh, can play make a little bit. He gets to the he finishes pretty well at the rim. Good close range shooter. So he's he's still a good player. 
even though he hasn't shot it well from three. And maybe he would shoot it better if he's just catching and shooting more so um, than, you know, running the offense and, you know, shooting out pick and rolls and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think... And if you're the 70s, I mean, the Wizards, your team isn't good. Like, you guys are, what, bottom 20th on offense, bottom 20th on defense, bottom 20 on net rating. Like, you guys aren't a good team. Like, And if you play... I would not pay Bradley Beal 250 mil if I'm the Wizards. Like, where am I going with Bradley Beal getting 250 mil? I'm going nowhere. I'm going absolutely nowhere. But if you're the 76ers and you have, you know, Joel in his prime, you, ha- you like, I don't, mind, I, I don't mind paying Bradley Beal that money then. Although, I don't think he gets 250 mil if he gets traded because I don't think you get the Supermax that way then. I don't think you do. So, but if I if I'm the 76, I would give him like 200 mil because I have to optimize Embiid's prime. And if you're the the Wizards now, you have Ben, you have Avdia, who's a good defender. You have KCP, Kuzma. Like defensively, that team could be top 10 easily. So, you know, and you have Rui. You have a lot of like good potential there. Uh, and Beal, I mean um, Simmons is only like what 25, maybe 25 years old. So, you get a younger guy who's a really tremendous defensive player, and you have a lot of, you know, good talent there. You can like that's a guy you can build around and see what you have there. Like, because if you give Bradley Beal two hundred fifty mil, you're just done. At that point, you're just done. You can't do anything. No one like no one's gonna come to Washington. You're really gonna have to hope that, like Danny Avdia turns into like a monster, an absolute monster. Or Rui turns into like something really fucking good, or Kispert or whatever like turns into something. But if not, like you're just gonna be fielding out these thirty-eight to forty-two win teams yearly, and like, who the fuck cares about that? With Ben, you you just you're getting a younger guy who in the regular season has shown to be like a just a monster. So if I were if I were the Wizards and that's what I got offered, I would one hundred percent accept it. All right, next trade Simmons for. Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek and two first rounders. So at that point, you get, if you're the 76ers, you have Tyrese. You still have Seth. You have uh, Tobias and Grant now at the three and the four. So you have a perimeter defender in Grant that can guard like the LeBrons, the Kevin Durants. You can even put him on Giannis if you want, even though he's physically a little too small for him. Uh, and you get Olenek, who's like a good like stretch four, stretch five. Um, he can play next to Embiid. He can play the five. He can play next to, uh, what's the name, Drummond as well. You know, he's a good player. And you get two first rounders. So, like, that's a tr- that's probably like a lower tier trade for the 76ers. Like, if Embiid's just like, hey, get me something, man. Get me something. Like, that's a trade you can probably go to. And if you're the 70s, I mean, you're the Pistons, you get Ben Simmons. You have Cade Cunningham and Ben Simmons going forward. Like, what more do you even want? You have uh, Cade, Sadiq Bey, Ben Simmons. Uh, who else do they have? Killian Hayes, um, whatever. Um, so, and you you suck right now. So you're probably going to get a good pick this year. And you can get, like, another, like, top five guy this year and add him to Cade, Ben, and Sadiq. Like, Sadiq, I keep mentioning Sadiq. Sadiq's not, like, a core piece like that, I would say. Um... So yeah, like you could get another guy next to them, and now now you have something. Like now, now you have like a really talented team going forward as well. 
All right, next trade I had was... So people think only Ben Simmons can be traded from that team. I'm looking at everyone can be traded from that team. So I'm looking for a straight-up Tobias for CJ McCollum trade. I don't understand this, like, Ben Simmons for CJ. I think Ben Simmons is much better than CJ. Like, I think he's much better than CJ. So I I would not do that swap. So I would do Tobias for CJ. And then I would try trading... Uh, what's his name? Seth Curry elsewhere and getting like a forward. Um, so the reason I would do this is CJ has proven to be a more explosive playoff scorer. Just he's he's proven to be a more uh, explosive scorer than Tobias. Like Tobias gives you like that eighteen twenty nightly, but CJ can give you thirty thirty five. And sometimes you need that in the playoffs a lot more. Um. And for the and for the Blazers, you just have to try something new. Like your defense is horrendous, and it has like some of it has to do with size. You can't keep fielding out these six two six two six three, you know, lineups like one through three. Like they're obviously gonna fail. Like they're obviously gonna like just destroy. And teams are gonna be looking at that like as food. Like that's what they do. They look at you guys as food. That's what they do. But if you have Tobias in there now, you're going six two. Norman 6'4". Now you have, uh, like, Puroko back... Or, like, Nasir Little, 6'6". Tobias Harris, 6'8". Like, now you have an actual, like, functional, defensive, like, uh, size out there. Instead of, like, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Like, instead of that. Um, so that's the other trade I had. I, th- I thought... I would do that trade if I'm both teams, honestly. Alright, after that, I had... Sarek... Jalen Smith, who's actually been playing pretty solid. Like, I think Jalen Smith, you know, Aiden went out. I think McGee is out as well. So, Jalen Smith is getting some minutes. He's looked fine. Uh, I think he's got, like, some potential at least. Like, he's looked fine. Sarek, who's injured, so for the money. And, like, next year he can come back. His, his game's not, like, an athlete game. So, I think he'll be fine. Sarek, Jalen, and a first for Harrison Barnes. So, if you're the if you're the Suns, now you're fielding out. Chris Paul, Booker, uh, Mikel, Barnes, and Aiden. I like that team a lot more. Because Jake Crowder, he's just a like a spot-up shooter. doesn't really do anything else. Harrison Barnes can legitimately get you 16 to 20 points nightly. On like solid efficiency. Like He can do that. He's a good shooter. He can post up mismatches. Uh, good finisher at the rim. You know, pick and roll, uh, pick and roll guy, pick and pop guy. He can play small ball five for you. Like, He's got great size too, so that's a trade I would look into. I'm you. If I'm the if I'm the Kings, I am looking at that. I'm like, okay, Jalen, he's interesting. We get a first. That first is gonna be trash. Sarik is whatever. So maybe I want. I might want something more than that too. Maybe I'm not like from like I'm just thinking about it more now, and I'm not. I might I might need a little bit more than just that. Just just now that I think about it more. Um, all right. So other trades I had: Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, a first for Harrison Barnes. Uh, the Utah Jazz are too small, and perimeter defense they would have to do even more, even after this trade to improve that. But I think once you get Barnes, I think Boyan becomes more expendable because. Harrison Barnes can easily take his spot, and he's a much better defender. And you can get a... You, like, after that, I would just try doing whatever I can to get another 
like bigger 3 and D guy in there. Or maybe you just trade Boyan for Boyan and a first for Harrison Barnes. I would have to think about that if I'm both teams, honestly. Like, because Harrison Barnes can do the offensive things that Boyan can, and he's a better defender. And if you're the Jazz, you're giving up Boyan and a first. So I don't know. I would. I would. I would. I would 100% do that because now you have Conley, uh, Donovan, uh, Royce O'Neal, and Harrison Barnes. Like defensively, I think that's a lot better than. Um, and if you're the Kings, you get you know 18, 20 point scorer, really good from three, and you get a first. Like you get something, you get a first at least. But maybe you want, maybe you don't want a, maybe you don't want Boyan. Maybe you want like a, a prospect at least or something. Or maybe you want a first rounder from a team that you know isn't going to be giving you like the 27th pick or whatever um maybe i don't know but that's that's a trade i would look into that those are two like the jazz and the suns are two teams that i think definitely should be going after harrison barnes and i would overpay if i need to because he you can't overpay for increasing your chances at a at winning a title like Chris Paul probably only has like maybe one or two more good years after this left. You have to capitalize on it. So whatever it takes, if it takes another first rounder, just fucking do it. Just go get Harrison Barnes. All right, next trades I have. Let me look. Uh, all right, these are for Buddy now. Buddy for so some trades I just don't know how to do the trade. I mean the picks. Like I just don't know how many picks. Who has to send? Like, I'm not good at that. But one trade I would look at is Buddy Heald for Tim Hardaway Jr. So I think Tim Hardaway makes less money than Buddy. He's bigger than Buddy, so you can you can realistically put out those, you know, Fox, Halliburton, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. lineups. Uh, he's a really good shooter in his own right. Uh, so you get so you're getting something, and you're spending less money. But for the Mavericks, I like this trade because Buddy is a volume, good three-point shooter. And I think that's what Luka needs. Luka doesn't need guys that, you know, consistently might go like over like four. He needs someone that just keeps shooting it and is confident he's going to go in. And I think he's the perfect guy next to Luka. The only problem is, like next to Luka, I really do just want more 3 and D type players instead of you know, defensive liabilities. But I, I just think for right now until they can get that, because, because it's not like Tim Hardaway Jr. is like this great defender or whatever. So I, I'm just replacing a, like a solid player for another solid player who's just a different type. Because Buddy Hill just wants to get out there and chuck threes. And Luca does nothing more than just, Luca wants to do nothing more than just, you know, get to the paint and kick out for threes. So I think they're perfectly made. Uh, for each other. If LeBron's not going to get him, Luca, you go get him. Next trade, Buddy Heald for Evan Fournier and a first. And a first. Um, because Evan Fournier, he's just not doing it for them. For the Knicks, that is. I've talked about that already. Buddy Heald would get in there. At least he's going to be shooting 10, 15 threes a game. And he might like legitimately score like 20 a night. You're getting something there. And... Um, for the Kings, you're getting an okay player, but mostly you're spending less money and you're getting a first. Like that's the that's a bigger deal there. And the Knicks aren't good; they're probably not going to be really good even with Buddy or whatever. But so you might get like a top 
15, 14 pick from that. All right, next, let me look. I, I'm i not sure what the trade would be for this, but I, if I'm a team, I'm trying to go after Bogdan. I think the Hawks have too many guys, and he's a player that can be had because Cam Reddish has played well. Hunter, I don't think they're going to give up on because he's a... Like, he's shown that when he's healthy, he's a 3 and D. Good, he's a good 3 and D guy. And Herder is on a good contract. You can bring him off the bench. He can play some 1, some 2, some 3 as well. So I don't think... And he's young. So, like, you probably don't want to give up on the young guy. Bogdan's, like, 28, 29. So if you're, if you're like... I don't know. I was thinking, I was thinking like, the Heat. Like, Duncan Robinson has not been, like, all that well for you. You know, with, with Bogdan, he can shoot. Not like Duncan when Duncan is, like playing his regular self not like Duncan but pretty close level and he's a much better ball handler and he competes a lot more on defense than him so like if you had to give up you know Duncan and a first for him I would try that I would, like if I'm just a team I'm trying to go after Bogdan I think he I think he can be had um like if I'm the if I'm the Nuggets I would try going after him if I'm the Lakers I would try going after him if I'm uh I'm trying to just think of teams <laughs> Top of my, if I'm if I'm the from the Mavericks, I would try going after him. All right, next trades. By the way, so I'm I'm being dead serious when I say these trades. I mean them seriously, and I think they make sense for both teams in some way. So the next trades I have are for the Lakers, and they all involve THT. <laughs> they all involve THT. Uh, THT for Kenrich William. Oh, Kenrich Williams. Uh, THT is very young. I think he's only twenty one. He's shown to be a good defender. He gets to the rim. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit. He's pretty athletic. He can uh, pass the ball a little bit. And he finishes well at the rim. He gets to the rim all the time. Problem. He cannot shoot right now. Positive on that part. He's a good free throw shooter. And he improves as a free throw shooter all the time. So first year, he barely plays. So that doesn't count. Last year, he shot 77.5%. This year, he's shooting 80%. If you look at what he shot in college, it was only 63%. So, like, he's improved as a shooter. It just hasn't translated, you know, from three yet. And if you're the Thunder, all you really want to do is just get as many young players as you can and just give them time and see what they can become. And, you know, Talon, like, Talon has already shown to be a solid, like, eight man. Like eight man, yeah. He, because last year the Lakers were an elite team before you know everyone got injured, and he was like their eight man. So he's he's shown that he can be that for a good contender team. So that's the player you're getting, and on top of that, he's very young, and he can develop into something. He's got a lot of potential. So you know you're you're get you're getting him for a a guy who's a really good role player. But that role is exactly what the Lakers need. You know, Kenrich Williams is already 27 years twenty seven years old. So, you know, when Shea, Giddy, you know, all these other guys that you have, when they get good, like Kenrich Williams is not going to be there. So you get something for him. You get a player who's young for him, uh, who might be there like five, six, seven years uh, from now. Um, but for the Lakers, like he fits in very well for them. He could start at the three for them. He could start even at the two for them. Uh, just play defense, uh, move the ball when he gets it, and you know make open threes. So that's one trade I had for them. You, when you're the Lakers, you just have to look for like the margin players. Like that's all you can do. Uh, the next guy, THT for Kelly Olynyk. Uh, so Kelly Olynyk, we know what he is at this point. Like he's 
a stretch four, a stretch five, probably a stretch five. Uh, but he can probably play next to AD and LeBron. Like he can do that because he can shoot the ball really well, uh, move the ball when he gets it. He can ha- he can do dribble handoffs and stuff like that. And uh, I think for the Pistons, you get a twenty one year old filled with potential. Like you can start him next to Cade. You can bring him off the bench. You can do a lot of different things. You just get another young guy and you're trading him. You know, for an older guy who's not going to be there when you know you guys hopefully eventually get good. All right, the final trade I had was THT for Tory Craig or Justin Holiday. One of those three, the one doesn't matter. Uh, th- both those guys are older three and D guys. So if you're the Pacers, uh, you're not going anywhere anyways. So you get a young twenty-one year old. Like that's 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 the whole thing with these trades. Like. You know, these guys are, these teams, these other teams are trading, you know, role players who are much, who are older for a young 21-year-old with potential. All right, so after that, I want to talk about Black Widow because one of my friends kept fucking bugging me about it. Like, it it was either, it felt like Marvel or Scarlett Johansson personally were paying her to tell every one of her friends or family members about it. It felt like those chain mails where you gotta, you know, you gotta send it to 10 people or your family dies. Um, it also felt like a pyramid scheme because she tells me, now I gotta tell others or, you know, like, they're gonna cut off my arms or whatever. I don't know. That's just what it felt like. Uh, so Black Widow, I never found the character that interesting. You know, Marvel only really featured as like a, like a love interest, which is, like bad on their part like she like if they if they showed her more than that i would be more interested like if you look at breaking bad like saul was a real character so that's when like they did the spin-off like people were like interested in that because we were interested in saul um also her powers are kind of whack like yeah okay she fights good you know iron man survived like a moon being thrown at him and like before this movie i'm not even sure i knew her name like i'm pretty sure it's natasha Rom- Romanoff I'm pretty sure that's what it is but before this I had no idea what her name was and I think that kind of shows how little I care about some of these characters like I had no idea who Black Widow was before this movie obviously I had no like before this movie I completely forgot what Captain America's name was Steve Rogers like they mentioned in the movie that's the only reason I remember uh, Bucky I still don't know what his name is Hawkeye I only know his name because I watched the Hawkeye uh, series which was really good like it was, it was really good. I, I would recommend watching it. I think Kate was excellent in it. I think um, Yelena was really good in it. Um, I think Kate and Yelena are going to make like really good Avengers. I think they're very funny. And I like I like that Marvel started making the characters talk like normal people instead of off-theories and shit. So I think that's, that's what made Iron Man so good at the time. Like He was talking like how normal people actually would instead of being all serious and whatnot. And that's what the characters sound like now. That's what has made Marvel so good. Uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, like, that's what people, you know, like that movie so much or like him so much. Like the movies, the Spider-Man movie so much with Tom Holland. I don't think that Andrew Garfield or, uh, fuck, Tobey Maguire ones were that good. Mainly because even at the time, I was like, yo, these guys are like 30 playing these characters. What, what the fuck's going on? Um... What am I... What was I going to say? Uh, I don't know. I don't know Doctor Strange name still. But I guess he's the exception because I'm not... I don't know his name, but I am... Like, I, I am a fan of his. 
I'm saying I'm a fan of his, like, he's a real person, but, um, like, I am excited for, like, his movies, like, I do think, I do like him as a character, so I guess he might be the exception there. Alright, so, to the movie, so the beginning starts with, um, abandoning, ab- abandoning their homes, and I, I was just thinking about, if I was, like, a superhero, even, like, a villain, there is absolutely no way I would ever have kids. If I had things to lose, I would never have kids. Like in Dexter. Like, why would you start a family? You're a fucking serial killer. Why would you do that? Like, I guess it made the show more interesting. But in in, in general, it just makes no sense. You have a wife and kids and you're a fucking serial killer. Of course, shit's going to go wrong. All right, back to the movie. So there were a big deal that they sent all these people, like these police cars after them. But they sent no fucking helicopters after them. They, they sent no one to stop them in the air all that time. They just let them escape. Like, that's insane to me. That made no sense to me. That was a that was definitely a flaw in the movie. It definitely, like, early on felt like a big propaganda movie where it's like, oh, Russia bad. You know, even Idaho is better than Russia. So it definitely felt like a propaganda movie. The first kill that I think Yelena does, she stopped the stab, dropped her own dagger, grabbed with the other hand. It felt very Game of Thrones-like. I think that's how... Um, Arya, I think it was Arya, right? Let me just, Arya. Yeah, Arya, that's how she killed the the Night King, right? I'm pretty sure that's what that's how it happened. Uh, I really like when movies use Budapest. I just like the name a lot. But, like, if you're Budapest, you definitely need better security, though. Like, there's always some shit going on, and, you know, you would think they'll do something about it, but not. Nah. They're like, no, nah, we're just going to keep, you know... Hoping things are different than the last 1,000 times, you know, we've had this city destroyed. So, they definitely need to step it up. Uh, I also really like it when movies or TV shows have people fight on site without giving us, like, a backstory. Uh, It was a great chase scene. I wonder what happens when, like, Avengers crash into your car. Like, Like, if you live in one of these big cities, your insurance must be, like, through the fucking roof. Can you even, like, say something like that? Like, yeah, like, you know, Black Black Widow just, you know, destroyed my car completely. Or something like, ah, you know, boss, I can't make it. Like, they destroyed the train station. Like, can you really say something like that? I don't know. Like, it is kind of interesting. Like, people just live, like, their regular lives. Their regular lives. That's all their shit is going on. Like, when a big Avenger fight is happening or, like, just a movie fight is happening. Do those people still have to go to work? Like, do I still have to go to, like, a night shift or something? Like, probably not, right? But at the same time, like, if if I'm doing, like, security or something at, like, a museum, like, you definitely have to go. Like, you have to protect that art. But at the same time, there's a fucking Avengers fight. Like, I'm not going there. So, it's very interesting. Like, do they just... Like, I wonder what they do. One uh, one thing with the... This happens with a lot a lot of chase scenes where... So the truck is taking out all these cars while chasing, you know, Natasha and Yelena. But other cars still aren't moving out the fucking way. Like, what are y'all doing? Do you not see what the fuck's going on back there? Uh, Yelena posing as Scarlet where, you know, she lands and then she does like the hair flip. That that fucking killed me. Scarlet took it way too seriously. Natasha took it way too seriously. You know, she was kind of a buzzkill there. Alright, so the prison escape scene. It was a snowstorm that probably killed all of them. And for some reason, that's not a big deal. 
that's the real pr- propaganda shit where it's like, oh, they're prisoners or because they're Russians, so it's not, it's okay for them to die. Like, what? You probably just kill like a hundred fucking people there. Like, that's not a big deal at all. Just to get this one guy out. You couldn't have found like a different way of doing it. You couldn't have saved them or something. Whack. Um, pretty wild that Scarlet actually did kill his daughter or like kind of kill his daughter. Like, because she was alive, but still. She just said it was collateral damage, but, like, you're killing, like, a seven, eight-year-old. Pretty insane. Uh, At the end, the villain was, like, with you, an Avenger under my control. Like, he was saying, like, he's going to control the world with, you know, uh, Black Widow. It's like, bro, you know, Thor will fuck you all up in, like, 12 seconds. You know that, right? Thor will literally fuck all of you up in, like, 12 seconds. Um, how, How does... How does Marvel keep getting William Hurt and like all these all-time actors like Julia Louis-Dreyfus was in it? Like, how do they keep getting them? Maybe they want to be a part of it. Maybe that's how. Maybe they're like, oh, our our eighties and nineties. I guess like Julia Louis-Dreyfus was in uh, Seinfeld, so I don't think she's ever gonna like die off or anything. Like, people are always gonna remember her. But William Hurt, like he he was more so like in the eighties, and I don't think anything he's done like stands like. The test of time, even though he's won like an Oscar, so maybe he's like, hey, you know, this is how people are gonna remember me. You know, I gotta get in, I gotta get in on these things. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I had to say about the movie. I thought it was really good. I thought it was like a solid eight. I can't give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Whatever. I think it was solid. I think I would definitely recommend it. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was One Piece. So I'm finally caught up. A thousand and fucking four episodes. I finally fucking did it. Um, I think. I think it's probably my favorite anime. I think it was much better than... No, I don't want to say much better than Naruto. I really did like Naruto. But the characters are a lot funnier. I like them a lot more. And I like Luffy. I like Zoro. I like all the characters. Um, you know, sometimes they're... Like, the clothing... I'm, so they're in the land of Wano now. The, whatever Robin's wearing, that's borderline illegal. Like, that's borderline illegal. I can't believe they have her dressed her like... They, I can't believe they dressed her like that. That's insane. She's, like, practically naked. And I get... It's... Whatever. I don't want... Like, I just want to say I really like it. And uh, I've been enjoying it. And it did get me thinking about just... Things being released at once and having to wait a week. Because now I have to start, you know, waiting a week for these episodes just like you guys have. And I really started wondering about which is better, like, you know, binge watching it all at once or like, you know, the enjoyment of, you know, one episode a week type stuff. The thing with the one episode a week, now you get to talk about it with your friends. Like one of my friends and I have been talking about it for a long time now, like this whole last week or like the last couple of weeks, we've just been talking about one piece, like theories and whatnot. Um, I also feel like that makes them more memorable because... They go on for so long, so you're talking about them for so long. They're implemented in your brain for so long. You know, something like Squid Game, I'm not, like, it was super popular for, like, that one month or one and a half month. But if they were, if they spread those episodes out, now we're talking, like, for three, four months, maybe, like, three months about, hey, you know, what's going to happen next? You know, what's what do you, what's your theory on this? What's going to happen here? Who's going to kill who? Who's going to backstab who? We're going to be talking about that for like a couple months and it would have been going on for a while. But instead, you know, it was the biggest show on the planet for like a month and a half, which is great too. But I just, 
I'm not sure which one is better. Like right now, I'm watching Dexter New Blood, and I have to wait, I have to wait like weekly for it, which does make me remember like the characters more. I'm thinking about them more. I'm thinking about what's gonna happen more. But at the same time, like shit, I wish I could just watch this all in like one sitting. So I don't know. I'm not really sure what I'm saying there. I, like, they're just different. I think that's that's all it is. I'm not sure which one's better. Um. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And if you have any trades that you want me to talk about or you have, you think are interesting, let me know in the... I'm going to put my email in the description. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. D. Won't even get pulled over in they new V The good life, let's go on a living spree Shit, they say the best things in life are free The good life, it feel like Atlanta It feel like LA, it feel like Miami It feel like NY, summertime shy ah. So I rode through good, y'all pop the trunk I pop the hood, Ferrari and she got the goods, and she got that ass, I got to look, sorry Yo, it's got to be, cause I'm seasoned, haters give me them salty looks, Lawrence 50 told me, don't hear it, switch the style up And if they hate the let them hate and watch the money pile up yeah, I, I go for mine, I got to shine Now throw your hands up in the sky yeah, I go for mine, I got to Girls who ain't on TV cause they got more ass than the models The good life, so keep it coming with the bottles So she feel booze like she bombed out Apollo The good life, it feel like Houston It feel like Philly, it feel like D.C. It feel like V.A. or the Bay or yeah Ayy, this is the good life was good. Why I only got a problem when you in the hood? Welcome to the good life. Like I'm doing the hood. The only thing I wish. I wish a nigga would. Welcome to the good life. He probably think he could, but but oh. I don't think he should. Welcome to the good life. Fifty told me go ahead switch the style up, and if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. The good life. Getting some brain with it as she said I never seen snakes on a plane Whether you broke or rich you gotta get this Having money's that everything that having it is I was splurging on trips But when I get my car back activated I'm back to Vegas Cause I always had a passion for flashing Before I had it I closed my eyes and imagined the good life Better than the life I lived When I thought that I was gonna go crazy and now my grandmama ain't the only girl calling me baby If you feeling me now, then put your hands up in the sky Let me hear 